0: Right now in Fast Money, a major Friday sell-off on the street. The Dow with its worst day since October 2020, falling for the fourth straight week. The S&P dropping for the third week in a row. And the Nasdaq finishing 2.5% lower today, down nearly 4% for the week. Do investors need to brace for more pain ahead? Plus, a monster week for tech. Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Meta set to report next week. One of our traders will break down two charts he says could be critical for a beaten-down sector. And later, before the opening bell rings Monday morning, some 72-hour, from now we will get the traders pre-market game plan and weekend checklist. Welcome to Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee live from the Nasdaq market site in the heart of New York City's Times Square. On the desk tonight Tim Seymour, Jeff Mills, Brian Kelly and Adam Parker. We begin tonight with that rough ride on Wall Street. Markets closing out the week deep in the red with the S&P finishing near the lows of the day, down 2.8%. That even after Cleveland Fed President Loretta Messer seemed to take a 75 basis point hike off the table. The index closing out its third straight down week. And check out some of the biggest laggards this week. Netflix, of course, leading the pack down 37%. But there's weakness across sectors. Enphase Energy, HCA Healthcare, Warner Brothers, Dentsply, all seeing double digit losses. So as we head into the heart of earnings season, what are the markets telling us? Are we in the midst of a, of a bigger grind lower, BK? It seems
1: that way. I mean, you know, the, based on the price action today and what Powell said yesterday, you know, Powell set it up saying, listen, we are likely going to hike into a recession. Prior to that, I think equity markets were pricing in what we would call a soft landing. So a mild recession, maybe it's a quarter or so. I think today what happened is people started to price in that hard landing. You saw the yield curve flatten. You saw all these names just get absolutely crushed. So I think we're still in a, for a little bit more tough sledding here as the market tries to digest what a hard, uh, a hard landing. Well, is. A, hard, a hard landing is
2: now three fifty basis point hikes that have seemed to be priced into the market. And, and today's market, and, and actually, I'd go back. It's it's seven hundred and fifty minutes since Powell, since we digested the Powell comments from yesterday. That's, by the way, folks, that's a little under two days, um, down five point two percent in the S&P. 5.2% since we got those numbers and since, uh, look, the short end of the curve has rallied that much more. We're within about 20 basis points of 14-year highs in the short end. And and so the stuff that gave up ground today are parts of the market that I think people are most concerned about. Either companies that were very defensive, whether it was healthcare, whether it was some consumer staples. And then there's a Google, which really underperformed mega cap tech. And Google, which I've talked about, is very defensive on on evaluation. So I think you got a case here again. Google down 17% in 13 sessions, and we haven't lost Apple yet, but I'm sure we're going to talk about that.
0: Yeah. That was your concern, Jeff. Google.
3: It it was, for sure, because, number one, you have a stock that has a reasonable valuation, and that is the first one that's now breaking to the downside. So what about the other stocks? What about Apple? What about Microsoft? What about a Tesla that's levitated? Uh, And then you've had no place to hide, Healthcare, energy. These are places where investors were going, and you've seen weakness there, too. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were just simply overbought, way above the 200-day moving average. So now they're feeling the pain, too. and the thing that I think is very important going into next week relative to earnings, think about a stock like Microsoft. It's at the exact same price it was heading into earnings last quarter. Tim and I, I think you were on the show. They reported bang out earnings. Yeah. The stock went up, but it failed at that rising to or at sloping 200-day moving average to the downside. So now I think two things have changed, and they're not good. Number one, the Fed is more hostile, so there's a hair trigger in terms of any chink in earnings, and that trend, the downtrend, has been more confirmed. Hostel fed. So those, it sounds really it it's, sure nasty. That. it's nasty. It's nasty.
0: But that, that's what I think we are. Are. we've they, also I had mean, an invasion <laughs> of Ukraine. We've also had inflation <laughs> yeah. uh, expectations. Can I try little
4: sunshine here on Friday? <laughs> at try. The uh, Go ahead. Adam, try. Looking. Looking. I mean, by the way. Like sunshine. Thank you. Very um, sharp. I think, you know, I focus more on corporate earnings than the economy. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe we could have a, a, you know, negative GDP. I have no idea. Economists will tell us nine months after it happens. I, I think what matters is corporate earnings, and I think they're going to be higher this year. Pretty much guaranteed. You're going to have positive earnings growth. So we get choppy here when we get hawkish rhetoric. On the other side of that, there's a lot of companies that can grow their earnings. So I think when you look back at next week, on Friday, a week from now, you're gonna see a pretty good set of earnings results and decent guidance. What matters is gross margins, Mm -hmm. companies that beat on revenue and miss on margins, HCA today, like those are the ones that get killed the most. So you've gotta pick stocks where you know the margins can go up.
0: So while these guys might be a little bit more cautious on the markets, Adam, isn't it possible that a lot of the headwinds that we're talking about provide um, less cushion for margins, for margin growth, for maintaining those estimates? For
4: sure they do. my interpretation of energy is it's down because oil is down and then there's a 0.85 correlation between the net income of the energy sector and change in oil price so to me it's just it rolled over some but i i think when i look out at tech we just talked about when i look at energy uh select industrials consumer that earnings are going to be higher do, in 2022.
2: Let me ask you, Adam, but do, doesn't the, the move higher in rates uh, mean we're supposed to be paying a different multiple for stocks? Yes. I, I, I hear you on, sure. on on EPS, uh, and I, I think we had enormous pull forward. I'm a little bit worried about comps. I think, you know, the yes. fact that we actually rewarded companies for for getting somewhat close to 2019. But I, I worry about how we're valuing stocks in this environment, and that's the biggest issue for this market. I,
4: I hear you. I mean, underneath, as you know, there's a lot of hyper-growth stuff down 70 80% that maybe was too high in the first place. But I look at it, I think... Fifty percent of small cap stocks trade below 15 times forward earnings. The market itself is at about 20 times forward. So I think it's okay. Um, I, I think the risk reward's pretty good, and there's plenty of underlying opportunities. So, so uh, I'm not saying go out and go crazy. This is the bottom. I'm just saying welcome, welcome to the it welcome, out welcome the sunshine. Months. Isn't it
3: horrible. But Adam, I actually agree with you longer term for yeah. sure. And I think the big question is is the market right about the Fed? Is the Fed going to hike enough to really compress those multiples, bring the apples, bring the the Microsofts back down to their average? I think the answer is the market's wrong. They'll be right in the very near term. The Fed is going to front load tightening. But ultimately, I I get laughed off the desk for saying this, but I think inflation has peaked and the Fed will eventually be given enough cover to not hike as many times as the market thinks. In that environment, these companies that are able to continue to grow earnings, the Googles, even the Facebooks of the world, they end up doing very well, say over a six-month time Horizon. I just think the pain is more concentrated now, say, over the next couple of months. By the way, that's not why we left No, (laughs) I mean,
1: I I don't think inflation (laughs) has peaked, and I think the Fed hikes a lot more than anybody thinks. I mean, they have said, and I've been saying this for the last three months, the Fed does not want asset prices to go higher. They have a labor problem. They want labor force participation. They want people to come back into the labor force so you increase supply. So, what they don't want is they don't want people speculating in the stock market and not going back to work and buying cryptocurrencies and not going back to work. So they're going to hike until the the morale gets really terrible, is what they're going to do. And I don't think that's going to have any impact on inflation. If we look at what the dynamics of inflation are, we are in a shortage of goods. So so
4: you think they're stupid?
1: stupid? I don't think they're stupid. I just think that it's a different dynamic than we've seen for the last 10 years, for the
4: last 20 years. But I think where we agree is that them raising rates won't solve the most acute imbalances. We had Agreed. shortages in silicon because of shutdowns and fabs. Them, right. them destroying demand to the point. So we have tighter uh, right. monetary Wheat's policy. Going up of but, like, right, we're not going to crush demand so that wheat price. I, so I think some of the really you know acute stuff won't be solved by raising rates, and they'll figure that out at some point on the path. Well, so I'm but, a little bit more I, on that side of the room than yeah, this side I, but, of the other. Right, yeah, but but, right. but the room. Pl- but, but the, pl-
1: the point between here and when they figure it out, something's going to break. I mean, you look at the currency markets; they're already breaking. You look at um, CDS on investment grade bonds; they're starting to spike. So you're seeing things break. Yeah. Yeah, so so some- if I'm buying buying stocks. Do I want to do that into that environment, or do I want to do it once something? Well, Hi-
4: hyper-growth stocks are down 75% already, so some of it's in the price. I think... Some, I think yeah. maybe not all, though. Yeah. I, I think
2: we need to look at the full perspective of this, and I'm sure everybody is, but, but credit is is really deteriorating. If you look at the high-yield ETF, the HYG, which is, is a trading mechanism as well, but it's at two-year lows. If you look at European corporate credit, it's had the biggest pullback peak to this part of a trough in its history. Um, and we're very early in a hiking cycle, and I think the reliance on free money on the consumer balance sheet is part of, look, I, I look at what banks are doing. We've gotten an update from banks. We know that twos, tens, or however you're looking at the yield curve has gotten flatter. In fact, the assault on, uh, you know, The the steepness or lack thereof of the yield curve has begun again. But banks are telling you a story, I think, more about credit and the consumer. And those are things that uh, I think on days like today, when again yields went higher, are what are in focus.
0: I I have a question here, um, and that is how much of this is just the uncertainty about what the Fed will do and and how much could be solved? And I use that in quotes if the Fed actually just had an intra-meeting hike. Can we on raise Monday.
2: hands, teach? <laughs> I mean, you said you have a question. I mean,
0: I... You want to do it that way? Raise, raise your hands. Do you think the markets would go higher if the Fed came out and hiked fifty basis points on Monday? I, d- I don't. I thought
3: we were supposed to raise hands. I don't on that. Because, I'm not raising my hand. Uh, thanks yeah. for clarifying. Yeah. Because hey, I think we've been, a- we've been asking this question for a number of weeks now, and how is this not priced into stocks at this point? It's been telegraphed so much.
0: Well, that's what's so crazy to me. I mean, the past two days, what have we seen? But we've talked about this for so long. When did Ful- when did Bullard, you know, throw out there the possibility of 75 basis points? When he threw that out there, he has led the Fed down the path towards hawkishness since last He's the hawk since. heavy. Right. So a heavy it's wintertime. And yeah. here we are. And, and but, nobody wanted but to But I know think the, sto- that. the
3: stock market has been behind the Fed curve. You know, the, the bond market is pricing it in. We looked at that chart last mm-hmm. night. HYG continuing to go down even when the stock market tries to rally. So if, if the stock market's behind the current trajectory that's projected, if the Fed were to hike intermeeting, I think uh, it would throw up all I, over I the place. I don't
4: think the twos-tens relationship statistically to the market has been what matters. It's actually Fed fund futures and the perception of rates. That was very strongly associated for several months and waned recently until basically today again. So I think it's about that perception. So I sit here thinking, can they get incrementally hawkish from here I personally don't think they will. You do, but I'm not really a rates guy. I figure out where the dislocation. I, I the just market.
2: don't think we've seen an environment where companies have had a chance to tell you what their business is like in a world where rates are 50 or 75 basis points higher and in a world where I think companies like Apple, you know, I don't think they have to drop a bomb on us, but the pull forward in so many of these companies, especially tech companies, mega cap tech companies, where they had the best of all times. They had free money. They had stay at home. They had enterprise reinvesting. They had a lot of dynamics. That's the stuff that we're me but again it's the market uh it's it's the companies talking about the market that they're in that are down you know two to three quarters in the road that we haven't seen
0: yeah um i I think the bottom line here is you can have a a more sunshiny (laughs) longer-term outlook but the bottom line here bk is that when the fed hikes it's going to tighten things and the whole point of tightening things is to slow things down slowing things down means the side effect is going to be a lower market that's right
1: And that's exactly So, how do we trade
0: this market? And where are we? Uh, Well,
1: so, I mean, I think if it depends on on, depends on how you how you are investing. Right. So if you're a long term investor, I don't think there's any reason to buy these dips right now. You probably want to sell the rips or maybe sell calls against your positions in that. If you're a shorter term trader, there's going to be a point here that things break and you're going to have a great opportunity to buy. My point is, I just don't think it's yet. We've got to wash this out yet. So, you know, if you're a trader and you just want to be on the long side, just hands off for now.
0: All right. Let's get to a bright spot amidst the Speaking trouble of more today's so. market, shall we? Shares of Kimberly Clark spiking more than 8 percent today. The company behind Kleenex and Cottonelle delivering an earnings beat, raising guidance even as inflation hits the economy. It wasn't the only staple seeing strength earlier this week. Procter & Gamble posting its best sales growth in 20 years. The real test, though, may come next week. Major consumer multinationals, including Coca-Cola, Whirlpool, may McDonald's could give more insight into pricing power, inflation, and the strength of the dollar. The Dixie, by the way, hitting a fresh 52-week high in today's session. Adam, you're looking at Pepsi. Yeah, I'm actually
4: more and more nervous about Pepsi. So some of these staples are 26, 27 times earnings, have Russia exposure, have input costs on snacks. I think the top analysts came out with a very bullish kind of comp estimate today. So I worry the bar could be a little high so Pepsi's one I'd watch to see if that's one that breaks. Staples are part of the market I actually don't think are a good risk or reward right now yeah
3: I think if you have to be long, then Staples aren't a bad place to be. They are definitely expensive, there's yeah. no question about it. I just don't know that the valuation matters in the near term. If you go back to 18, 15, 16, they came into that with reasonably high valuation still outperformed the market. So I think there are places to look there. I wouldn't want to pile into Staples, but I do think it's interesting. But I pull a pull a name off the board just really quickly, yeah. and I think you can stay with this a little bit longer is a name like Dollar General it's cheaper than a lot of these staples that you're mentioning, Mm -hmm. tends to outperform in a slowing economy, but it's a lot less expensive and it has higher growth. And I think that's really what you're looking for. It's not, it's not you know, bang out growth, but it's higher than, say, a Coke, for example. Do
0: investors look through FX headwinds at this point? They look through in, in Procter & Gamble's report, for instance, but do they look through on all of them?
2: Well, I think some of the food stocks and certainly the the, the food producers have pricing power here. And, and so far, they've been able to pass prices or smaller boxes, you know, your Lucky Charms boxes. <laughs> I mean, look, you're not fooling me. Um, but I think if I look at like a McDonald's, uh, where I think in the quick serve space. I think McDonald's is as well positioned as anybody. I think their core market, which is U.S. same store sales, three and a half percent. Yes, by the way, they're definitely losing five to six percent in sales in, in Russia and China headwinds. But that's a place where I think the demand destruction that other parts of the economy are going to see. McDonald's is not going to see. And I think at 25 times trailing, that's a multiple that relative to itself over the last five years looks good.
1: Yeah, I think this is an environment where you want to sell Wall Street and buy Main Street. So stuff like McDonald's, stuff like, for me, Campbell's pork and beans, CPB. That one I like as well. They have nice dividends. They are likely to get a boost. Even even if the economy is somewhat weak, they'll probably still pay their dividend. They probably still have some pricing power. So that's what you want to look for.
4: I think underneath next week, something to focus on is, is the labor force U.S. or non-U.S. Because all the wage pressures are... In the u.s people aren't showing up to work in the u.s more uh and and so the ceos are really saying that's been my problem hey mexico vietnam poland people are coming to work so i think we'll see with some of these multinationals that revenue margin imbalance on the wage pressure and that could could drive we'll see a big money. dollar, too, though. Yeah.
2: I, I, they can't they can't not talk about the dollar with they the dollar. They Yeah. They're, they're going to miss. They're going to miss. Yeah. earnings. This the,
4: has been monster. P&G yeah.
0: said it was a two percent headwind. Yeah. FX was two
4: percent. The analysts so. never update. And that, that, was that, was that, was that was last quarter.
0: That was last quarter. Was Imagine what the impact so That's far right. is. We've not, had
4: massive they moves. They don't proactively raise numbers, the analysts on on currency. Yeah.
0: Coming up, Staples, just uh, one part of next week's massive earnings slate. And with Big Tech on deck, we'll find out why one of our traders says this is the most important chart in the market right now. And later on Options Action, a small cap smackdown. The traders lay out how to protect against weakness in this sector. Much more Fast Money right after this. Every day. Welcome back to Fast Money, Big Tech on Deck, Alphabet, Microsoft, Twitter, and Meta Platforms, the company formerly known as Facebook, and others on deck to report earnings next week. Jeff says two tech names are heading for a breakdown. Um, You walk through at least one. Actually, you talked about both of them. But why does this concern you?
3: Yeah, I sort of jumped the gun on Google, but I think it's really worth paying attention to that chart, seeing a stock with reasonable valuations actually break down below those March lows. I think it's it's absolutely worth considering the fact that then what is next? What is the next shoe to drop? Take a stock like Microsoft. So we talked about that. Where could it go if the valuation just got back to an average over the next 10 years from the past 10 years, so 20 times earnings on on a P.E. basis? That's a 20 percent drawdown from current levels. If the Multiple were just a retrace to average. So, you know, Google's breaking below average valuations. These stocks that are above average valuations, they come down. There's still room.
0: Is it time to buy Google then, Adam?
4: I really don't know, but I would just short Netflix against these companies right now into earnings because, you know, you kind of hedge out on whatever they report. And they're negatively correlated inflation. They're a low-quality company. Now, even down here, they're at 100 times you know, forward cash flow. So I'd rather just you know, step aside and, and just short Netflix against it and see what happens. That's, that's
2: aggressive. I, I, I get it on the cash flow side. I mean, after a 60% move lower, um, you know, maybe it's the guy that bought Netflix after Q1 that's talking here. But I, I, I go back to Microsoft, and, and I just say um, the problem here along with Microsoft, everybody knows the technicals here. This is Microsoft and Apple. It's 13% of the S&P, an S&P that's down only only 10% from blow-off top, all-time highs, you name it, all the things we talked about. But Microsoft, look, Azure, Internet as a Service, everything we're hearing about first quarter challenge checks, very robust. They're expected to grow 48%. This is the problem. Because if they don't even get near, if they don't, if they get just to this or, or a little over or a little below, God forbid, I think this is a big problem. And Microsoft, the breakdown in Google that Jeff has pointed out, and I think he's seeing some of that in Microsoft, that's what concerns me for this market, because there's a lot propped up
0: here. I mean, I guess the, the bottom line question is, is there still to come a flush in big cap technology, which means another flush for the markets overall?
1: So that's my view. I, I think yeah. these things trade terrible. They trade very heavy. The way they've traded over the last week has been horrible. I, you know, if you think about valuation, let's go to that. Even if they get back to 20, why wouldn't they go through that? Why wouldn't valuations flush through that in this environment? Every other asset class has gone beyond what everybody expected. So why wouldn't you expect equities to do that? Yeah, some people might try to uh, buy the dip. But again, going back to my view that I think rates go a lot higher than the market has priced in already, then I think you have a problem with, with tech. All right.
0: Coming up, looking for more tech trades. Good because we've got options for you. That's why we're hmm. keeping up with the cues on options action. Stick around for a way to play that. But first, major market sell-off on the street or traders break down their Monday morning playbook. What should you be watching? Much more fast money, back in two. Welcome back to Fast Money Markets ending the week firmly in the red in all 11 S&P sectors negative in today's session. So after today's wild session, how should you be setting up for Monday's trade? BK, what's going to be on your screen first thing?
1: You know, for me, it's going to be the currency markets and in particular the Asian currency markets. So Chinese RMB and also the U.S. dollar, Japanese yen. And I say that because both of those countries are the largest holders of treasuries. Uh, If they actually devalue, that could be a negative impact on the treasury market Actually, maybe be a positive, but it could be a negative. When we saw the RMB revalue in the past, it was a risk-off move. So Sunday night, around 6 p.m., you want to start watching those currency markets. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching the Fed
2: wire, and and again, this is a Fed that's jawboning every every day. They have an opportunity to do it, but as I said earlier in the show, we're we're within a whisper of, of not just two-year highs, but of 15-year highs uh, in the short end of the curve. This has been a straight move up. Uh, it's painful for the consumer. I think the yields need to slow down. I think the stock market doesn't yeah. like it.
3: Jeff, so I'm interested to look at a stock like Facebook. You know, it's one of these big cap tech stocks that has gotten absolutely pummeled. It's at a way below market multiple. And the growth is still reasonably good. It has huge free cash flow margins, huge gross margins. So does a stock like that hold its head a little bit better than maybe some of the names that haven't got hit as hard? I think that will be an interesting tell as to whether that's a good place to be or not.
4: Yeah. Early. I just look at the Fed fund futures and the oil prices. I think those are the two things that will tell you where risk is heading into Monday.
0: All right. Um, It's time now on this Friday for the final trade. Boy, did that go fast with all you guys here in the desk. Good times. Good to be
4: here on the desk.
0: really. Um, Group
2: hug here. Tim Tim Seymour. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, let's get back to also what broke down today. And really, it's been a two-day trade. We talked about Alcoa last night. I'm going to look at Freeport Mac. uh, Freeport Mac has pulled back almost 15% over a couple sessions. Copper prices remain high, structurally will remain high. and, And I think this commodity pullback is an opportunity to buy it.
0: Jeff?
3: So, Boston Scientific, this is a healthcare name that's not as stretched as the overall sector. It's breaking out from a large two year base. I actually think it goes higher here.
0: Adam Parker, thank uh, you, first of all, for, for joining us here on the show. Thanks for Den. bringing some <laughs> sunshine.
4: Good fun. Yeah, I tried. It didn't work, but I tried. You guys rained all it. I like United Health, down 3% today. I mean, anytime that stock's down 3%, I want to buy some because I know 6, 12, 18 months from now it's going to be higher. Yeah, the chart on this long term is monster. Yeah, it's better than Google. They, they have pricing power like nobody it. nobody's
0: business. Yeah. Brian Kelly.
1: Well, yeah. If we're talking about pricing power, and that's what we talked about the whole show, right? Who? What companies out there? So you want a product that people have to buy no matter what. To me, that's Altria, mo. Cigarettes and booze. Most people can't go without that. They'll pay whatever price. So mo is my place to be.
0: And this is domestic smoking, as opposed to domestic smoking. I, yeah, I am. Uh, I am an in, in all-country. The uh, They've got higher input costs
2: too. I mean, things aren't getting. But they can raise rates. They can raise prices. Eventually,
4: they'll need health care. So it all there you go. go. Yeah. It, it all full in a full
0: circle. <laughs> all right. Um, thanks so much for watching Fast Money. It was great to have a year with all these guys here in house. Um, we'll see you back here, t- uh, not tomorrow, Monday at 5 wow. p.m. Eastern Time.
1: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration.